0: Welcome to 10, the Tenant Experience Network. I'm your host, David Abrams. Today we are connecting with Brett Miller, CEO, Candarel. In this episode, we learn that Brett's career journey began through an introduction from a university professor to someone who has now become a lifelong friend, John Wiener, the founder of Candarel. Brett first started at Candarel in what was supposed to be an internship position but it turned out to be a seven year long summer job. After a great run in 1993, market conditions changed and Brett pursued an MBA in France and spent the next 10 years in Europe in a variety of roles. In 2001, with three kids in tow, he was back to Canada and a position with CBRE, then to JL as CEO for Canada. Brett continued to maintain a relationship with John Wiener And in 2018, he got the call back to Ken as CEO. What a ride. In our discussion, Brett highlights the creative side of the CRE industry and emphasizes the importance of relationships and the overall impact of real estate on society. We had a robust conversation on the topics related to office and the ways in which the industry is responding. Brett shares details on Canderell's new OCTO initiative, which offers a very exciting suite of innovative workplace hospitality experiences for the users of their spaces. We discussed how technology can offer better connectivity to their customers and help to better understand their needs. Brett shares Canderell's continued efforts to explore new technologies in their buildings, but also expresses as a desire see more collaboration and integration between solution providers to give a more seamless experience. It was great to connect with Brett, and I look forward to continued conversations with him and his team. We're excited to share this podcast with you, so be sure to subscribe to TEN so you never miss an episode of the Tenant Experience Network. And now I'd like to welcome Brett to the show. I'm really glad you could be with us today, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Thanks very much for the opportunity. I'm as well. Awesome. Uh, so let's start with uh, your story, your journey to your current position role. How did you get started in the business? Okay, I have, uh,
1: if my memory goes back that far, I'm <laughs> um, happy to tell the story. So I, I, uh, I come from a family, uh, originally South African family, that's always been involved in real estate. Uh, so it's, uh, I knew from a young age that's what I wanted to do. I was always fascinated okay. by the field. Uh, I studied at uh, McGill University, mm. and uh, f- at the time there was a program in real estate that I participated in. And I was very fortunate that one of my professors made an introduction to John Weiner, who was the founder of Canderell. Right. And uh, after graduating, I accepted a what was supposed to be a summer a summer job uh, to work for three or four months uh, for Canderell. Uh I had already booked my ticket to do a, a European six month trip post summer job. And then I intended to look for a job in Toronto. And uh, lo and behold, the summer job turned into a permanent job with Candorrel. And right. I stayed at the company for about uh, seven years, and which was a spectacular start uh, for a young person because it was the, I would say it was the, the, the wild west in real estate in those days. Uh, Uh, The run-up in the late 80s, where things were just crazy, a massive amount of construction and new development, uh, all the way into an overheated market that then had a precipitous uh, drop off the cliff. And so I found myself in 1993, uh, kind of twiddling my thumbs, considering myself to be a real estate developer, but with nothing to develop. To develop. <laughs> and so uh, I had always wanted to do an MBA, so I, I, I headed off to uh, to INSEAD, which is an MBA program uh, in France, just south mm. of Paris. I uh, spent a wonderful year there and then spent uh, 10 years in Europe, uh, no longer with canrell I did a startup. I also worked for uh, an e-commerce uh, news international um, company in, 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 uh, in London. And post all that excitement with three kids in tow, uh, this was now 2001, I decided, uh, one, I wanted to get back into real estate, and two, I wanted to raise my children in Canada and get back to Mm -hmm. Canada. And Mm -hmm. so at that point, I came back to Canada, uh, worked for uh, CBRE, uh, running their, firstly, their Montreal operation, and then their Eastern European, uh, Eastern Canadian operations, Uh, then switched from The Coke to the Pepsi, which was JLL CBR's number one competitor, to be their CEO for Canada. Uh, and for six years, built that, that business up uh, into a fairly substantial operation, all the while maintaining a great relationship with John Weiner, who's been mm-hmm. a, a mentor, a friend, a, uh, an ally in my career all, all through the years. And in late 2018, he called me up and he said, Brett, uh, I'm turning 70 this year. It's time for me to not not retire, but take my foot off the off the gas and let somebody else continue the acceleration. Would you consider coming into Canderel as our our CEO? So uh, long. Long story short, it was a full uh, kind of 360 wow. degrees. And today I find myself actually sitting in the same desk that I sat in when I was 21 years old. So
0: (laughs) I didn't get very far. (laughs) That's amazing. What a, what a fantastic story. And, and uh, what a wonderful outcome in the end. That's, that's just incredible. And and for you to be able to come back to a company that was obviously so key and critical to your early development and, and to now play a role in, in, in its future, that's, that's quite a story, quite unusual.
1: Very exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so you, had your family in London, France, both? Uh,
1: yeah, so my three kids were born uh, in Bois Boulogne, just outside of Paris. Mm-hmm. And then, as a family, we moved to London, and then, uh, then then continued on
0: to Montreal. Wow, fantastic! So, I mean, you you clearly had your your sights set on real estate. It's not that's it's very unusual. Most of my guests, the typical story is, I had no idea how I got into this industry. It was completely unplanned and 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 often not something they anticipated so with you there was already sort of some early seeds planted um, but in the end it's still got to be right for you so why do you think you were so uniquely suited to the opportunity what's helped you yeah, to be successful I, I've
1: always been fascinated uh, by real estate I mean I, I find um uh it, it's a, it's a field that allows for uh, tremendous creativity. Right, so it's got the you know the technical aspects, whether it's uh, finance, whether it's you know engineering, whether it's the architecture, but it's you know really you you, you can create, uh, you can you know, either create the deal or create the, the real estate itself. I always found that that fascinating. Um, it's a business that's based on relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a business that's you know you're not pumping out uh, widgets. You're, it's a, it's a high margin, high impact business, and it has an impact. Uh, on our society you know you know, yep. we build a fantastic uh, development that really improves
0: people's lives and something that i don't know just excites me yeah um you know i think the the notion of creativity you know some people would think well it's just real estate you know you it's construction but but i think there is so much creativity actually involved you know at, at all the different stages of the the development process and then even when you know the building's up and running in terms of how it's delivered uh, to the customer and and what you do with the physical interior spaces there there's a ton of opportunity for creativity yeah.
1: no and and also it it changes over time, particularly right. now uh, as the way we use properties and uh, the 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 need for them changes they have to be reengineered you have to re-engineer the way you manage them so it, uh, it, 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 it uh, you, you can
0: in, in if you come at the the sector with innovation, you can do some exciting things right. Right. Well, again, I think that's another misconception where people look at real estate and think of the, it's so permanent. Um, and yet, I think we we've certainly learned, and we'll talk about that. Actually, it's a good pivot to our our next question. That certainly a lot has changed. So uh, I think we can both agree you've been through you know a, a lot of different um, uh, ups and downs in the industry. But I think we can both agree that this has been one heck of a, a, a ride. More recently, um, you know, commercial real estate still the largest asset class in the world, but you know, still continues to rebound from the prolonged period of these low levels of occupancy and really rethinking, re-emerging, re-energizing in this new world as to how it, you know, provides service and value to people um, yeah. and delivers that service and value. So our team, you know, we're certainly really focused on thinking a lot about this new workplace ecosystem and how the physical workspace within a building fits into that much larger sort of. Um, opportunity. Um, People can work from anywhere today. People are working from anywhere. So my question, certainly from your lens into the industry is, and and what I try to provide to our listeners is a a real-time view, like what's going on now in in your world? What are you seeing? How are you seeing the industry reimagining itself and responding to the emerging needs of your customer? Yeah, listen, I, uh, David. I, I won't.
1: I won't candy coat it. It's been. A, it's been okay. a really rocky uh, three years. Who would have expected uh, uh, COVID? Who would have expected uh, you know essentially um, you know uh, significant inflation? Who would have expected uh, an unprecedented uh, short you know rise in interest rates over such a short period? And so you have to you know you you, you have to you have to kind of uh, manage with all the blows that are coming at you. Uh, across all asset classes, uh, you know, occupant or user or tenant behavior is changing, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's on the industrial side, whether it's on retail, and as you refer to on office, which is, I think, the area that's been most significantly impacted. Um, so what are we feeling now? Um, you know, for, for, first of all, there's this the continued debate of, you know, work from home or versus being in the office. Um, I, I think you know over the last I don't know twenty four months, I have not met a single uh, CEO from the largest companies in the world to the smallest companies in my you know backyard that don't right. say that they want to have their employees back to the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some somehow, and this is a very much North American phenomenon. It's not oh. in Europe. Uh, somehow, uh, the employees who were at home for you know six to nine months—it wasn't much more than that—got uh, into their minds that hey, this this is a great permanent situation, so we're going to stay at home, um, and 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 with 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 some validity because uh, there are many um, uh, chores or functions or tasks that we perform in the office where you know one is working alone in front of a computer screen and there's no benefit to actually being in a work environment in fact you can argue that maybe with the peace and quiet of working in on, one's you know living room or bedroom you can actually be more efficient but uh, it, it it set that as a kind of behavior and now um, most companies are saying okay well that that that's great but that's not what a company is about you know mm-hmm. if a company was just about a collection of people doing tasks well we wouldn't have companies we could outsource it all Right. Um, and, and some have even threatened that, well, we can just outsource, you know, not to uh, 50 kilometers from Toronto, we could outsource 5,000 kilometers away to, to India. Um, and so, uh, to, you know, most CEOs are recognizing that to really run a company and to grow a company, we need the employees back at the office. Um, and so in, in real time, I find uh, every three months that goes by... The pendulum is swinging a little Mm -hmm. bit more in favor of return to the office. Um, But I am very uh, conscious of the fact that we can't, uh, it's not just a one-sided discussion where the employer says, get back to the office or else. Um, It has to be, you know, we would like you to come back to the office and here are the benefits. Right. And so every employee is trying to, you know, employer is trying to increase those benefits. Um, but they can't do it alone, and I think there's a there's an important part and important role for building managers uh, and owners to be a partner in that process. Because if you think of the office uh, experience, uh, it's not limited to just the you know the square footage you occupy where your computer sits. Uh, it's the, the the journey to work, uh, the feeling of the arrival. Uh, and then all of the animation activities uh, around your your work day, yep. whether it's when you go to the gym or you go pick up a sandwich or you go out you know with friends uh, for a cocktail or a drink after work, and so uh, the owner of the property has an increasingly important role to play in that.
0: Uh, so I 100% agree. One of my questions that I typically ask, uh, and you beat me to it, is sort of you know what responsibility or how closely. Should building owners be and operators be working with, uh, you know, their their customers, their tenants, their occupiers to help support them and help them attract and retain the best talent and and create the experiences that will help build great companies? Um, it was interesting, and I, when you use the word company, you know that ultimately, you know, if if we, by the very nature of that, you know, it means we we come together at times, and of course, company means in, in the company you keep. Um, right. I think, as yeah. another definition and it only dawned on me as you just said it I'm not sure why I haven't yeah. clued into that before um but I agree I mean if we all want to be freelancers we can choose you know not to work for a company per se and just you know provide a service on an ad hoc basis um, um but I think there is an opportunity to come together and again you're right if if your task can be more efficiently performed remotely then that might be okay too I don't think it's a one-size fits all um I know you're doing some exciting. Uh, you've done some exciting thinking and now have some exciting um, um, sort of outcome of all of that to, to share and to show uh, around how the building can be more um, supportive of your tenants and and your occupants. I'm just wondering if you'd like to share a little bit about that. Yeah, gladly. Um, so so for the most part, you know, the last 50 years,
1: uh, if you ask the uh, the owner of a property who's their customer... They would yeah. say, well, my customer is First. the uh, the tenant, the corporation that signs yeah. the lease and pays me the rent. Yep. And, and the result, there's been very little uh, exposure, dialogue, communication with the real customer. And the mm-hmm. real customer is the occupant or the user of the space, which is the employee. And yep. so um, in order to, uh, I can call it, uh, um, uh, create a better offering for that employee, you need to, you need to communicate and uh, shape your marketing to speak to mm-hmm. the employee customer. And so we've come out with an interesting concept, which we call Octo, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is 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 it, is it, is it, don't ask me how it's, it's, it's a made up word, but it's a, <laughs> it's a marketing word that kind of comes off the tongue relatively easily. And um, that is to, to, to address to employees, not, not to the tenants to say, Hey, you know, uh, we are thinking about your, um, your your work-lifestyle balance. And it used to be a distinction between what was work and what was life. And we've passed those days, and it's all really now about uh, work-life synergy, right? So mm-hmm. how can you integrate both into your work day? And so uh, Octo says, well, the, the building speaks to you because – we will be an ensemble of all sorts of activities that are integral to your life. So that when you come to our building, you're not just coming to work, but you're coming to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Octo has, a, has actually five components to it. Uh, the first is, the, uh, as I referred to earlier, the, the, the arrival experience. So you're not walking into an intimidated Intimidating lobby that's made of you know concrete and granite and you know designed to intimidate, but rather something that feels a little bit more soft and 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 like your home or like a boutique hotel. So we're in the process with Octo of softening up lobbies to make seating areas with aromas, with music, uh, and with uh, food components. So you it's a welcoming environment uh, with a second component which is the human experience, the concierge. So mm-hmm. somebody says, "Hey, hey, Jack, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, can I grab you a coffee, or do you need an umbrella? Or nice to see you coming into work today. Uh, a, a, a welcome." Um, the third is um, recognizing that within the building, you're going to work in space that's adapted to each of the activities you perform. Some at your desk, but mm-hmm. then also in conference centers and in employee lounges. So the Octo buildings will have these, you know, shared. Uh, uh conference uh, lounge floors so it also is a great offering to tenants they can take a little bit less space and have the large boardroom accessible to be used you know twice a month as opposed to having it within right. their premises and then the uh the the fourth is called the the, 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 the wellness component so that's uh the yoga that's the gym, that's the parking uh, for, you know, bicycle, bike commuting. Uh, that's the, uh, you know, sh- showers and, and, and towel service. And then the fifth, which I think is the most important, uh, it's all about the community management. And that's about, you know, animation of the activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the building can create, uh, you know, a wine club or a group that goes walking on Mount Royal at lunch hour, or uh, offer learning courses with, uh, you know, a wealth manager, or nutritionist, or all sorts of, you know, you know, specialists, and come into the building and cater to that community. Um, and that's kind of done in conjunction with the demands of the companies who may do that as uh, private events for their own employees, but also in conjunction with all of the employees in the building. So, you know, we could say to the the, the employee at that point, "So, sure, you could stay at home." and 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 you can you can you can you can work in you know, your your living room and talk to nobody and learn nothing and not network and not socialize or you can come to this place which called the office building but it's got so much more yep. and you know don't you think it's worth the effort and and yep. by the way you know we need you to contribute you know you're you're a your living breathing smart individual we need your contribution we need your social contribution to our company we don't just need your work output so there's all of these arguments that seem to, it seems to resonate. When we launched Octo, we were overwhelmed with, uh, you know, with all of the questions and responses and journalist inquiries as to what this means. And um, so, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a, it's a way of, uh, I think um, differentiating the product. And, and I think the buildings that do this or, you know, similar activities will be the, the winners
0: in terms of it's, of their overall occupancy and profitability. Yeah, well, congratulations. I know there are still a lot of uh, building owners and, and operators that still have their head buried a little bit in the sand, hoping that things might just, you know, naturally return to the way that they were. I don't think that's the case. You've clearly taken a very proactive stance um, and done something that I think is going to be, you know, remarkably differentiating for for your buildings and for the industry. Um, it's bang on with a lot of the way that we think about spaces and um, the way we view the real customer. Um, and you know, fortunately, you are not the first to come on the program and now articulate that the customer is each and every person that walks in the building um, versus the person that signs the lease. So uh, there are more and more people that are coming to that realization and doing some very creative things. And this is an amazing example. And you know, for us as a technology company, we're also thinking about how then to provide technology that allows the user, the end user, the customer to move in and around all these different spaces in a very seamless, easy to use, you know, one-stop solution. So they don't have, you know, five apps and three websites and four portals from their employer or from the building um, and from perhaps other applications that they might use to help navigate through all of these opportunities. So it's a very exciting time. Well, and I'll say, you know, key to the success of uh, of Octo or these
1: animation programs is is really the technology component. Um, one thing we 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 are unable to do um, is, you know, email and, and email all of the employees, right, with our tenants. You know that that that's a that's a that's a line we won't cross. So then, you know, how do we really you know Connect. communicate on these programs and such? And uh, sure, we can have we can have you know banners in the lobby we can have a concierge that explains them but in an ideal situation we have you know one app which manages all of these activities uh, is yep. the key channel for communication and as we we've talked about the, the you know the, the ideal is if it can also be used as a digital you know entry and uh, you know uh, you know br- touchless uh, you know, key entry into, into premises or use of the elevators or parking lots, because then you really have uh, repetitive use of the app and allows us to then develop a
0: real relationship with that employee. And, and I think the key is the relationship. I think that the, uh, the opportunity to better understand uh, the end user's needs and be able to connect and communicate and be able, uh, the way we look at, it, to be eventually able to personalize that service. Um, and maybe even the content on the platform, on that app, on that, through that digital connectivity, how do we now, you know, send them communication that actually we already know they're really interested in in yoga or they do love wine and maybe they would attend an exclusive wine event one evening. So, you know, the more we can make it relevant to the end user and not just blast out generic content, the more uptake I think we'll have as well. So um, a lot of opportunity for a technology company to be thinking about also how to better engage um, with the customer. You know, you talked a lot about the, 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 the work that you're doing in the space and it's it's remarkable. We also really think about buildings as not just as silos, but also very much part of neighborhoods and cities. And we've certainly seen in the urban core, the negative impact of buildings, you know, during the height of COVID being empty and the impact that that's had on local businesses and, and downtown core. So just, you know, we are looking to also form partnerships with those downtown areas and you know look at ways in which we can create more amenities not even within the building but through connection to very various neighborhood businesses any thoughts on the responsibility of building owners and occupiers you know in terms of helping to build more vibrant cities at this point
1: yeah no i i, I believe it's essential um and uh i, I the, the the cities of uh uh you know, right across Canada, have uh, all the various initiatives to try to stimulate downtown and provide some breaks for the retailers. Um, but you know, it, 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 look, I think we th- we also have to think our cities is in the physical space and also the virtual space. So mm-hmm. you know, m- maybe through your technology, you're connecting, you know. Uh, whether it's the uh, physiotherapy student or the, uh, the studio or it's the, uh, you know, the dental clinic or others yep. where, you know, even if people are not downtown, they're part of the downtown community and connecting through the app and booking appointments and such. Um, yep. But it, it's a challenge. And I would say the biggest challenge we're, we're facing right now is really the uh, the timid, timid nature of our large employees and in fact government to get mm-hmm. their employees back, if you yeah. if you if you uh, bisect the uh, the uh, profile of companies, say less than fifty people and plus fifty people, you will see in the under fifty people companies, for the most part, they're back. Five, they're back. Years. They're back. Yeah. They're back. Yeah. And the and you know the owner of the company or the you know the the manager of that uh, small division is is there and has enough connect you know constant contact with the employees to say hey you're in the office. Hundred percent. It's the big banks, the, the insurance companies, the large engineers, uh, large you know tech companies that are, are really you know fearful to yep. make demands on their employees,
0: and 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 that hurts our downtown. Those are huge volumes of people, and government. To your point, you did mention government, and in certain cities, that's yeah. that's not just not just huge. It's it's pretty much all. So that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, I well. shake
1: in my boots when I think you know what what'll what'll happen to. Ottawa, yeah. if uh, if uh, and, and the federal government represents more than fifty percent of occupied space, uh, if we continue on this basis of you know minimum two you know two days a week, yeah, um, the uh, uh, Ottawa will be destroyed. And the problem is when 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 downtowns don't have um, activity and population, then you know they become dangerous places, and you have right. the, uh, you know <clears throat> the, the the homeless community that. Uh, that, uh is is there on a frequent basis and uh it's very hard to reverse that trend
0: i agree well we're heading into a, a short commercial break and i don't want to do it on a down note but i think on a positive note i think we can both agree that the opportunity to be more collaborative and to create more vibrant downtowns um certainly there's an you know it is our responsibility and and there is a lot to be gained by doing it so we have our work cut out for us on that front uh let's take a short commercial break and we'll be right back This episode of 10 is proudly brought to you by Hilo. Hilo is a rapid deployment workplace engagement platform for the hybrid world that enables building operators to connect to their tenants, whether they are at work, at home, or anywhere in between. We are in the midst of a seismic shift in the evolution of the workplace. Now more than ever, it's clear that the most important asset of a building is the people. Commercial real estate leaders recognize that tenants and employees want new kinds of spaces, services, and amenities to support having the flexibility to work from anywhere. Workplace engagement solutions that connect hybrid working people to buildings, no matter where they are, have become a major differentiator as buildings compete to retain current tenants and attract new ones. HiLo empowers building operators to meet this challenge. To learn more about HiLo and schedule a demo, visit hiLoApp.com. And now I'd like to welcome back to the show, Brett Miller, CEO, Candarelle. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about technology, given that's sort of what we do every day. And uh, we certainly believe it's playing a significant role in how, helping to shape how building operators are delivering great customer experience, how they're running their buildings, um, how they're engaging with their customers. You know, certainly we both spoke about it, workplace engagement being uppermost in everyone's mind. Just curious, uh, with a focus on continuing to evolve, um, to meet the needs of people and buildings and certainly ESG initiatives, what technologies have you looked at, are you looking at, that are having an impact on contributing to create a better experience in your buildings? That's a very good question. And I would say that uh, over the last uh, four or
1: five years, we have been on the forefront of uh, experimenting with various uh, technologies. you know, both on the the the, uh, the the customer experience, but also in the, in the on on the, the back end, um, and and I would say, to be honest, with uh, with with limited success, mm-hmm. uh, the the what we're trying to do these days is 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 work very closely with our our technology providers to ensure that we have uh, a seamless uh, integration into mm-hmm. our operations. Because standalone technologies uh, just don't work. Yep. Uh, it's 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 too cumbersome. And in fact, you know, this they're often sold on the idea that uh, they're going to increase efficiency and we could potentially reduce you know manual input and manual labor. And in fact, uh, it actually increases it. So mm-hmm. we are we're very much uh, adopting the uh, the latest of uh, Yardi's platform. And so now we we make it a mandate to our various technology providers to be fully integrated into Yardi, so we can have a very uh, seamless environment. Um, But one of the biggest challenges that most real estate companies face is uh, ensuring continual and seamless communication between all the departments. Mm -hmm. We somehow create an industry that is extremely siloed, Mm -hmm. you know, between asset management, development, construction. Uh, leasing, property management and all of these uh, most real estate companies are organized by departments as such right and then as information comes into one department it trickles or is is inefficiently sent to the next department so we're trying to clear that up to make one company as opposed to seven companies so right. technology has a big role there and I would say you know um, groups such as yourselves, and some of the work that we're doing with uh, with our, our sustainability group are cross-functional. right? And so it's a it's a combination of, you know, in your case, I call it, uh, you know, marketing, property management, uh, construction, even accounting and finance has to work together right. in order for the program mm-hmm. like, programs like Octo to be successful. And so um, that's helping to break down some of the barriers. Um, another example of this is something we call RNZ, Road to Net Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm probably speaking out of turn because we're only launching it in, in three weeks, which <laughs> is really uh, uh, um, uh, uh I guess, initiative to try to uh, move buildings to carbon neutrality Mm-hmm. in a very proactive real world manner, as opposed to just making statements and saying, we're aiming to do something by 2050. So it it, it is, um, uh, we recognize that the industry is extremely fragmented in terms of the move to carbon neutral. You have to get, uh, you know, the auditors, you have to get the engineers, you have to get the certifiers, you have to get the construction groups, you have to get the, the design build, uh, uh, HVAC uh, uh, companies yep. who all work together mm-hmm. and those companies are other than the say the largest pension funds are completely uh, overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the complexity of doing that so what we've done is put together an ecosystem of all of those providers into a one-stop shop that we call RNZ right and so much so that we've already uh, done a two pilot projects and from uh, establishing the the, the roadmap to sourcing the, uh, the subsidies and funds to do so, to looking at the impact on the building's operating expenses and amortization of capital expenditures, to putting in place. We've managed to compress that in, in one instance down to 15 months. Wow. So we'll take a building from uh, essentially carbon emissions to you know, 95% carbon free in a period of 15 months. In, in a very effective manner. And so we're rolling that out as a concept across our portfolio and mm-hmm. a service offering to the industry. And so coming back to your point on technology and, and these silos, that couldn't be possible if we didn't get right. all of our departments working together, you right. know, working off the Yardi platform, mm-hmm. and then taking these various uh, solution specific technologies uh, within Yardi now, uh, to be able to evaluate where we're going to the end, you know, end result.
0: Right. Well, I think you raise a good point. I think it's not about choosing vendors. I think it's about choosing partners. And uh, just as you're looking at how to make your internal team, you know, more collaborative and, and more inclusive, I think that the 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 external um, teams that come into play, they've got to be seen as partners, and they've got to be embedded in the ecosystem, um, and look at ways to you know create a more seamless solution versus you know this vendor provides this service and this vendor provides this service that mm-hmm. that is not going to be sustainable right yeah, yeah. And, and we actually on on this RNZ program we spent
1: most of our time uh, working with these various vendors <clears throat> to actually uh, uh, get them to provide a uh, you know kind of collaborative
0: solution as opposed right. to their solution that was right. the hardest thing to do i'm sure i'm sure yeah. it'll pay but i'm sure i like it will pay big dividends in the future as well um, listen, so we could, we could go on and talk for a long time about all that we've already, um, touched on, but I want to just close with a, a little speed round, just an opportunity to get to know you, Brett, a little bit better. Um, so when you're not working, when you're not sort of doing what you are most passionate about, uh, in terms of real estate, what do you do? What do you enjoy to do in your off time?
1: Um, you know, de- definitely, uh, very active with the, f- the family, but, uh, I'm a big, uh, runner, cyclist, uh, mountain biker, anything that is a little bit, uh, you know, long endurance and painful. Okay. Uh, And then I also, I have my, I'm a hobby farmer. We have a farm just uh, about uh, an hour and a half away from Montreal and uh, there's never a a dull moment on the
0: farm. Amazing. Well, I share the passion for running and riding, Um, do the right to conquer cancer each year um, and uh, love that experience. Uh, what's your favorite drink of choice? Your favorite beverage? Oh gosh. Uh,
1: well, I'm, I I I do like uh, red wine, uh, okay. but uh, I would say if I had to have a cocktail, a Negroni.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, we're we're two for two. I am a red wine um, lover and have a cellar that I enjoy stocking and 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 partaking in on a regular basis. Um, favorite TV series or current movie that you're watching? Oh, um, this is an excellent one. Um,
1: it's called uh, Le Bureau. Okay. It's a French. Uh, it's not on Netflix. It's on uh, Video pr- uh, Prime, uh, Prime. Uh, Prime Video, and uh, it's about uh, the equivalent of the uh, the French CIA. Okay. So dealing with most. Uh, kind of Middle East, North African
0: uh, spy issues. It's a really really great series. I will check that out for sure. Um, Name one way in which technology has specifically improved how you live or work. Uh,
1: Well, I gotta, if you're a cyclist, I gotta say Strava. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: So you got it all connected and you got the little- Strava, Strava and Zwift. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got it on the smartphone too. Are you all? Are you all connected? Or are you all digitally connected? No, for sure. Yeah. But then, on a on a work perspective, we've just gone
1: through uh, from a, for CRM. We've just uh, integrated um, Microsoft Dynamics. Okay. And so our our kind of sales pipeline and all my contacts are now on on mm-hmm. my my mobile, and it's a uh, it's a terrific way to just to, you know follow activity right across the company. Amazing.
0: Uh, what is your personal choice uh for days spent in person with your colleagues versus working from anywhere
1: I'm uh, absolutely in the office with my colleagues um uh, but 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 I I do like uh working remotely on Fridays okay fair uh, enough you uh, know w- w- one
0: day is as a, as a as a heads down quiet day uh not right. is- healthy balance. And yeah. I think it is all about the balance, right? Yeah. Uh, Brett, I've so enjoyed this conversation. Uh, learned a lot. Great to get to know you better. Great to better understand uh, the way in which Candarel is responding and heading, you know, meeting the demands of, of uh, your customer head on. Uh, very exciting. I look forward to future conversations. I hope this is the first of many and I wish you continued success. Well, thank you very much
1: for uh, having me on the show. Uh, great conversation and uh, look forward to
0: catching up. Thank you. Take care now. Thank you. I want to thank Brett Miller for joining me on this episode of 10 and for contributing to the global conversation around buildings, being part of a robust ecosystem, helping to build great companies, and that they are vital in the effort to cultivate and support great people and teams. The future of the workplace will likely take many forms and we will continue to explore what that looks like together. Subscribe to TEN for more conversations with leading CRE industry professionals and experts who all have something to say about tenant experience and the future of the workplace. We love hearing from you, so if you enjoyed this episode of TEN, please share, add your rating, and review us through your preferred podcast provider. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on a future episode, please reach out to me directly at david hiloapp.com. And until our next episode, I wish you all continued success in building community where you work and live. Thank you.